When the Spirit comes, there is healing. That's our topic for this morning, which is brilliant. So let's dive right in and look at the story in Acts chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Acts 3. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. This is a brilliant story. But it raises questions for us. And so I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, and then I'm going to try and answer some other questions. So how many of you have prayed for someone to be healed, or you yourself have been prayed for, and you've experienced healing firsthand? Raise raise your hands. So a number of you have seen people healed and experienced that yourself. Now, how many of you have prayed for people to be healed, or you yourself have been prayed to be healed for, and it appeared that nothing happened. Okay, so that's the tension, isn't it? That sometimes we experience healing, we pray for people and they're healed, and other times we pray and nothing seems to happen. I mean, right now we have some people from Kings who are really ill, And we're praying for them earnestly, but as yet we're not seeing any change. And over the last few weeks, we've had to do some funeral services for people that we've been praying for. And that's difficult, and it makes us sad, but it also raises doubt and disappointment in our hearts. And maybe you can identify with that here this morning. And I think there's three questions that come out of that tension. The first is, well, does God actually heal? The second question is, if God does heal, why doesn't he do that every time we pray? And then the third question is, can anyone pray for healing or is it just sort of special people? So does God heal today? Well, we know that Jesus and the disciples prayed for people to be healed, and they were healed. That's what this story in Acts is all about. But does God actually do that today, in our time, in our meetings? Well, there are some sincere Christians who actually believe those things were just for the New Testament time. 
But I think if you do any research and you go back through church history, you find that sprinkled throughout the centuries are people who experienced healing and the power of the Holy Spirit. And certainly since the uh, beginning of the 20th century and the Pentecostal movement and the charismatic movement in the 60s and 70s, many more Christians have uh, seen healings, have had the faith for healings, and have a biblical basis for believing that healings still happen today. I mean, after all, if you look through the Bible, right from the Old Testament, you see God healing people. In fact, in Exodus 15, God defines himself as, I am the Lord who heals you. It's part of who he is. And when Jesus came to earth, he demonstrated the power of the kingdom, not just through preaching and declaring forgiveness of sins, but through physical healings. And you know, these stories, they weren't hyped up. They weren't legends that evolved over years. Most of the New Testament accounts of healings would have been written down in the lifetime of those who witnessed them. So they are reliable, uh, authentic records of healing. Healings, I don't believe, were done just to start off Jesus' ministry or to see uh, the church birthed in power and then stopped. No, I believe Jesus expected that the power of the Holy Spirit would be available to all believers and that we would do uh, the works that he did, the healing things that he did, that and much more, so that in every generation there would be a witness to the power of God. And Isaiah, the prophet, centuries before Jesus came to earth, foretold the brutality of Jesus' death on the cross and how that would be linked to healing, that not only forgiveness would be released through Jesus dying for us, but that healing power would also be released. Isaiah 53 says this, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. That promise is still true for us today. Matthew in chapter 8 links that promise to the miraculous healings that Jesus was doing. That in Jesus, those words were fulfilled. That by his wounds... We can be healed. So if God can and does heal, why doesn't he heal every time that we pray? Well, this is a mystery, and I don't have all the answers. But I've got a few things that I want you to consider if you're puzzling over this question. So Jesus usually prayed for everybody who came to him that was sick. And many times it says he prayed for all of them and they were healed. But there are a couple of occasions when that doesn't happen in the Gospels. So in Mark 6, we read Jesus didn't heal many people because there was a lack of faith in Nazareth, the place where he was. And in John 5, Jesus went to the pool of Bethsaida and there were many, many people there waiting to be healed. 
But it seems that Jesus singled out one man, and he only healed that one man. In John 11, Jesus uh, delays going to heal Lazarus, who was uh, in a life and death situation. He delays that healing so that a greater miracle could take place. So there's some hints there about what might be going on when we don't see healing straight away. And the way Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God coming also helps us to understand this. He announced that the kingdom of God had come in him, that he was anointed, that he was uh, arrived to declare that healing and salvation was available. But he also spoke of the need for the ongoing growth of the kingdom of God particularly in a couple of parables where he spoke about the kingdom of God being like a tiny mustard seed that would be growing and growing and eventually become a big tree where birds could land in. He also spoke about the kingdom of God being like a mustard, like a a yeast that gradually permeates the dough and makes a difference in a larger way. So there's the kingdom that has come. There's the kingdom that is growing And then Jesus also spoke about the kingdom to come, the future fulfillment of the kingdom. And he likened that to a a marriage celebration where everybody would gather and those from the north and the south and the west and the east would come and Jesus would return and there would be a full uh, gathering in of the kingdom. So we live in this tension between the now of the kingdom that Jesus has lived and died and risen again and the Holy Spirit has been given and we have access to all the blessings of the kingdom and the fact that there still is a not yet, there still is more to come. There will be a day when Jesus will return and that the broken, suffering, groaning earth that we live on will be fully restored and sickness and death will be no more. But we're not yet in that moment. I think how we can resolve that tension partly is by praying as Jesus taught us to our Father in heaven and saying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We can earnestly pray for his kingdom to come, for it to be expressed in healing amongst us. Some Christians, I think, can overstate this, and in a desire to claim healing and to increase faith, can ignore the reality that sometimes not everyone is healed that there is still a fullness of the kingdom yet to come. Remember in the New Testament that Paul himself wasn't healed from his thorn in the flesh, that Timothy had stomach problems, that Paul's co-workers, Melitus and Epaphroditus, weren't supernaturally healed from illnesses they were suffering. You know, faith doesn't deny reality. We don't have to deny the the reality that we experience uh, and not be in faith. You know, in Romans chapter 4, Paul 
reminds us of Abraham. Abraham was a man who had many promises on his life. He, he believed that he would have a child and that through that child he would then be the father of many nations. But year after year that didn't happen. And it says in Romans 4 that without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. So our challenge is not to deny reality, it's to hold on to hope, it's to hold on to faith, is to hold on to the promises of God, that by his wounds we are healed, that there, as the kingdom has been declared, there is healing available. You know, if we don't pray for pe- people to be healed because we have those doubts, then we'll see less people healed. But if we take the step of faith and we pray for people to be healed... Even if not all of them are healed, we will see more people healed. We need to stand on the promises and continue to pray in faith for more people so that more people can be healed. So if we're called to pray for people, can anyone pray for healing? Or do you need to be a special kind of person or have a special kind of faith? Well, Peter and John in this story, they were ordinary Christians. They were ordinary people. They were rough fishermen, and they prayed, and a miracle happened. Of course, you might say, well, you know, they'd been with Jesus. They'd been with Jesus for three years. But many of us have followed Jesus for many years. We're ordinary, but we can do extraordinary things through the power of the Holy Spirit. Our prayer team and our alpha team regularly see people healed and transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus gave the 12 disciples authority and power to not just speak the good news of the gospel, but to pray for people and see them healed. And we read in Luke chapter 10 that Jesus sent out 72 disciples into the villages to pray for people, see them healed, declare the good news of the kingdom. And you know, those 72, we don't know their names. We don't know anything about them. They were just ordinary followers of Jesus, sent out on an extraordinary mission. They returned with joy because actually, through their prayers, people were healed. People were changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. So ordinary people can definitely pray for healing. Yes, there are some who have the gift of healing in a larger measure or have faith in a larger measure. And you know, all of us can ask for that. We can ask for more faith. We can ask that we will have the gift of healing. But God is in charge and often he is merciful and he chooses to use the weakest of us so that he gets the glory. But we can increase the probability that we'll see more people healed through really getting into the word of God, reading the stories about healings, standing on the promises of God, making those our own. 
spending time in prayer in the secret place, spending time listening to our Father so that when we get out into the world, when we come to church, we, we've heard from him and we uh, respond to needs around us out of faith. There's many things that we can do. Let's keep praying for healing. There's a lot more I could say about this topic. It's a massive topic. And there's lots to be said about the tension and suffering and difficulty that many of us face. And I would recommend these two little booklets. They're Alpha booklets. You can order them online on the Alpha website. And they uh, lay out the biblical grounds for healing in our day. Maybe you've got lots of questions about healing. I would encourage you to write your questions down on this little sheet that's inside your bulletin. And uh, there's space there for you to write any testimonies of healing that you have experienced. Because in a couple of weeks' time, I'm preaching again on miracles. And I would love to respond to your questions and use some of your testimonies in my next preach. So please uh, fill in that sheet and give it in to the welcome desk so that we can you know, have a discussion about this and we can grow in faith in healing. But let's go back to Acts chapter 3 and let's become eyewitnesses to this story. Let's walk up to the temple with Peter and John. I want to tell it to you again from John's point of view. We were eager to get to the temple that day. The temple is the very life of Jerusalem, right in the center. It's a massive place where people can gather and pray and where many of the thousands that have come to faith in Jesus could could get together and pray and talk and share stories of Jesus. And as we walked up towards the temple, we saw the beggars coming out of the shadows asking for money. It was a brutal place, Jerusalem, and if you were injured or disabled, it was a case of survival. You just had to beg. And there was one man being put there by the gate, by his family, and we saw him there, and he reached out to us and asked for money. We sort of knew him. We'd seen him before. He was one of the regulars, but in that moment, we looked at him afresh His clothes were ragged and dirty. His legs were buckled up underneath him. And there was despair etched on his face. And as he reached out to us, in that moment, I remembered all the times that people had reached out to Jesus. I thought of the woman who'd grabbed his cloak. The man that had been blind and had called out from the roadside for help. I thought of the leper that we'd backed away from and Jesus had moved towards and touched. I thought of the paralyzed man that had been let down from the roof right at Jesus' feet. I remembered the fact that we could have been in the middle of a crowd that was noisy and jostling, and yet Jesus seemed to know who was in need, and he would stop, and he would look them in the eye, and there would be intense compassion on his face. And he would reach out 
and say a few words, simple words, and people would be healed instantly, completely, their lives completely transformed. And I also remembered the times that I'd seen him withdraw late at night or early in the morning and pray and seek his father for the kingdom to come and how he'd listen to his father. And then when he'd gone out into the crowds, he would be obeying just what his father had said. He would be praying in line with his father's will. I think on that afternoon, Peter was thinking the same thing because we looked at each other and our hearts were beating and we knew that this was a Jesus moment. This was a Holy Spirit moment. And so Peter looked at the man and he said, look at us. The man lifted his head and there was a little bit of expectation. He hoped for a few coins, I guess. But Peter said to him, we don't have any money, but what we do have We will give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. And everything sort of went into slow motion. I mean, in those seconds, it was amazing. The man, there was like hope and desire and longing welled up within him. And he grabbed Peter's hand and he responded. He moved. Faith was growing and his feet and his ankles became straight and his calf muscles thickened before our eyes and his knees were strengthened and he jumped up. He walked. He lifted his arms. He praised God. He ran into the temple courts. He was healed. And he sort of dragged us along with him and we went into the courts and people were looking at us and staring because they knew that man. They knew that beggar. They, they knew how, he, how, how he'd been healed. And people began to gather around us. And Peter saw again, this was a Holy Spirit moment. And he began to tell people about Jesus, the healer. About how Jesus had been raised from the dead. About how by his wounds we could be healed. And people were curious and they gathered around, hundreds of them. And soon people were convicted and people were believing and praying and coming into the kingdom. And about 2,000 people believed in Jesus that day. It wasn't all good news because before we knew it, the temple guard had arrived and we were taken off and we were in jail that night. But we were still rejoicing because when the Holy Spirit came, there had been healing. Well, you might think, oh, that's fine for the New Testament, but that doesn't happen today, does it? Does God really heal today? Well, I'd like us to watch a short video. It's from New Day, that gathering that many of our young people go to every summer. And it's of a young man who's testifying to a healing that had happened the year before in New Day. Tell us, what's your name? I'm Andrew. And where are you from, Andrew? Christchurch, Helsham. And Andrew, tell us, what was the problem that you had when you came to New Day last year? Well, I was born flat-footed in my left foot, and I've had it all my life, obviously. And then a few years ago, it caused me to get a disease in my left knee where the muscle on the inside of my knee was half the size of the muscle on the outside of my knee. So your flat-footedness was causing a problem in your knee, and presumably it was 
difficult in terms of your walking gait. It must be quite hard to walk normally. Yeah, I had a limp for most of my life. I walked with a slight limp, and for quite a while, it was quite an extreme limp. It hurt a lot to walk, uh, to run, to do any physical activity. It was a lot of pain. So this wasn't just a technical problem. This was a vis visible impediment. You walked with a limp. How long did you walk with a limp for? It must have been easily eight, nine years, and I'm 17 now. So you were in this meeting, and tell us what, what happened as a result of the healing prayer. Well, I had insoles in my shoes, and I went to put my shoes back on after the worship and after the prayer, and my feet physically hurt so with the insoles in, and I took my feet, my shoes out my, other around, my feet out my shoes, and um, I looked at my left foot, and I had an arch in my left foot, just like my right foot. Isn't that great? And what was great was you were telling me that just before New Day, immediately before New Day, you'd been going to hospital regularly for scans, and you'd had a scan just before New Day, but then you had a scan immediately after New Day. And what did that? What happened when you went back to the hospital after you'd been healed? The doctors were amazed that when they scanned my knee, both the muscles were pretty much identical, and it looked just perfect, normal, and great. It's amazing now. Isn't that great? And they also saw that your, your foot had changed, that you had an arch? Yeah, they saw that as well, and they said that's indescribable. They can't figure out how in the space of a few weeks I could grow an arch in my feet, and it's now perfect. I can run, jump, play. It's amazing. Fantastic. Wonderful. What kind of reaction have you had, Andrew, to your healing? I've just been amazed that, that God can work in such amazing ways and help people with anything and everything. It's just incredible. God heals today. God heals today. And we're going to have an opportunity in a few minutes to pray one another, to pray for one another that we will be healed if we need healing. But I just want to uh, just share a couple of things before we go into a time of praying for people, things that you hopefully will remember uh, for the rest of this week. We need to be people who make ourselves available. Let's be available to pray for people. When someone tells you about something that's wrong with them, don't, don't wait, don't hesitate. Why not offer to pray for people there and then? Let's be compassionate. Let's look people in the eye. Let's hear their story. Let's pray for them sensitively and with love. Let's be filled with the Spirit. Healing comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's keep on being filled with the Spirit. Let's be in faith. Faith comes from prayer and from the Word of God. Let's keep engaging with God and asking Him to increase our faith. Let's pray in the name of Jesus. If we don't see things happening straight away, let's keep on praying. Let's not waver in faith. Let's hold on to the promises of God. And let's be in community. Groups are a brilliant way where you can pray for one another where you, with people you know, with people you trust, you can stand with people, you can give wisdom about medical stuff, you can commit to help each other, and you can keep on praying. Let's pray, because when the Holy Spirit comes, there is healing. Amen. Amen.